So what are some questions that you can ask in that situation to help them think that you are probably the best one for the job? This is The Eric Hammond Show. Thanks for joining along each week as we uncover tips and strategies to help you grow your business through social media efforts like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and many other platforms. just watching the intro to the show and I realize I wear a lot of gray shirts but gray works with our green screen so it's gonna have to go <laughs> anyway guys hope you're doing well happy new year we're into January of 2020 and this is episode number 42 of the ask Eric Cameron show today we're gonna be talking about powerful questions to ask during an interview so you know interviews are great whether you're being interviewed for the position of selling someone's house whether you're interviewing somebody for hiring them on your team whether you're asking your next significant other <laughs> the question of will you marry me either way there's some powerful questions out there and we're going to get into asking questions. We're going to get into sales and some of the rapid changes that are happening in the real estate market today. So guys, I appreciate you showing up every single week. A real quick commercial break. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button. I think it's over there. It might be over there. Either way, I'd love for you guys to subscribe to this channel. Come back, keep watching the content, keep enjoying the questions that we're asking, answering. These questions come from you guys every single week. I appreciate the questions. We're 42 episodes into this, which means we've answered at least 160 different questions from you guys. Totally appreciate the questions. It brings us great content for you guys to consume and learn how to build your business. So subscribe if you're interested. We'd love to have you back. Share this with a friend. And if you're on the podcast, which by the way, this gets shared to our podcast as well, please subscribe to the podcast. It's kind of new. We've been doing it now for a few months, but appreciate the listeners on our podcast. Okay. So back to our regular scheduled program. <laughs> okay. Question number one, what's one question you ask in interviews? The way that I worded the description about this show is really how you would ask your next client the best question to propose yourself for the job of selling their house, right? So many of you guys, I would say most of you guys, unless you're brand new and scared to death, are probably wanting to work with listings, meaning that you get you put your sign in someone's yard and you get to sell their house. The nice thing about this is you have a billboard in someone's house, you get the opportunity to represent yourself in that neighborhood. And as we mostly know, the list you lead with listings, right? And that's how you grow your business in this business. So how do you get more listings if you're in the process of interviewing a homeowner for the opportunity to sell their house. Most homeowners nowadays will probably interview three to seven different real estate agents because they have a lot of choices, right? There's a lot of big brokerages. There's a lot of individual agents. There's a lot of different options for them. They want to make sure that they're getting the best bang for their money. Obviously, they got to pay you guys quite a bit of money to sell their house and they want to make sure that you're going to do the best job for it. So what are some questions that you can ask in that situation to help them think that you are probably the best one for the job? Kind of a reverse psychology method, if you will. So one of the questions that I remember remember asking quite a bit in our interview was, let me, I got to read it because I wrote it down and I want to make sure that I put it here properly. It says, how can the agent who sells your home make this process easier for you? So what you've done is this whole entire time leading up to this question, hopefully you sold that homeowner on how great you are, how amazing your product is, what you do as a real estate agent, how you stand out from all the other hundreds, if not thousands of real estate agents in your area who can do the same exact thing as you. And now you're saying, look, I've, I've showed you all this stuff. What are you expecting the agent who sells your 
house. You gotta pre-frame them for the sale. How do you expect them to sell your house and make this process painless or simple or easier for you or stress-free, right? Whatever the plugin is there that they're looking for. And the answer you're gonna get is how you need to sell them, right? They're gonna say, well, when I move, I wanna be able to put my house in the market and I wanna have it sold within 30 days and I want a full price offer and I don't wanna have to negotiate a whole bunch. And these are all hypothetical answers, obviously. I want someone to stage my house. I want someone to make it beautiful. I want someone to pay for all the marketing. I want someone to knock all the doors in my neighborhood. I want someone to call the whole entire city, right? They're gonna tell you exactly what they expect that real estate agent to do. And if you're willing to do check, 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 all those things on that list, you got the job. All you have to do is say, well, sir or ma'am, remember now, if you look back at my listing presentation, we said that we would call everybody in this neighborhood. We said that we would mail everybody around here. We said that we would stage your house and prepare it and get an offer within the first 30 days or whatever that you promised that you were gonna do and whatever they're asking for, right? They're gonna tell you how they need to be sold. That's why I love that question so much. If you ask them, what are you expecting the agent who sells your house to do to sell this house? <laughs> I'm gonna be able to do all that, right? So you gotta prepare for that and you gotta show them that these are the things that you do and work it back into your presentation and say, these are the things that we cover. You can't just be like, hey, I'm here, nice to meet you. All right, what do you want me to do for the job to sell your house? Because you haven't built rapport, they're not gonna trust you. They're obviously probably just gonna say something like, well, I expect you to sell my house. What more is there? But you gotta build up to that. And we're gonna get into a little bit later about some of the things that I've learned about sell skills in my real estate career and some of the things that you can do. But there's a lot of great people out there who teach a lot of great sales strategy and the questions that you can ask. So the better question you ask your potential clients, you remember they're interviewing you for the job, but if you ask them better questions, they're gonna think about things different, right? No other agent's probably asking these questions. Nobody's putting themselves out there and saying, you know, hey, what would you expect me to do? I'm willing to do that. And this is what I do for 3% or 4% or whatever you wanna charge. You gotta ask the right questions to get their mind thinking about what they expect. Remember, if you go back to some of our dialogues about listing presentations and making sure that you stand out as the agent that they need to hire, we talk about the things that nobody else is willing to do, right? We talk about staging a lot around here. Again, you gotta choose if you're gonna pay for staging or not, but that can be a massive value add to somebody. And think of the cost that it is in compared to the commission that you're gonna earn and what that value is to that client. You may even be able to charge more money just for that service. So if you position yourself and say, you know, typically today, agents will do this, this, and this, meaning like above and beyond what most agents are willing to do and separating yourself saying, look, I stage homes. I come in here with my interior designer and make your house look beautiful. I, I spend $1,000 or whatever it is on marketing. I run Facebook ads and get your house in front of thousands of people. Really, it's not that much money to get in front of thousands of people, but you can put it that way. I do these things. These are the things that you should expect your real estate agent to do. Are you ready to listen to me, right? That's how you got to position yourself. So asking better questions can help you. Let's say, now let's pivot the table a little bit and talk about interviewing, okay? So when we had our real estate team, we had about 15 people on there, pretty much full-time. We had a couple part-time people, stagers who would come in for the day or, or do things like that. But for the most part, we were about a 15 person team. There was four listing agents, four buyer's agents, five full-time ISAs. We had a stager who pretty much worked full-time because of the amount of transactions that we had, but some days were part-time. We had a full-time contractor who managed the rehabs that we'd work on when we were selling someone's homes. We'd come in and often remodel the kitchen, bathrooms, paint the house, do new windows, things like that. So we had a construction manager who would manage all these projects. So it was a, it was a big endeavor. Uh, and we had turnover, right? We had agents that would come and go. We had contractors that would come and go. Things happened like that. And so the interviewing process was always going on. And one thing I learned just to kind of put this out there is if you can hire before you need that position, it makes it a lot easier. Let's just assume that you had a buyer's agent on your team right now and they were taking care of, you know, 70% of the buyer transactions. Maybe you took care of 30% of them or however you decide to make that split work. Um, if you needed another person because you're deciding to ramp up your marketing this year or you're going to 
double down and try to sell twice as many homes. If it's January 1st and you're saying, okay, let's double all of our marketing, let's double our Zillow efforts and let's double our Facebook efforts and let's double the video content that we're gonna put out there and double the mailers that we're gonna send out there, you're gonna have this massive ramp, sorry, massive ramp up of transactions that you're gonna be selling this year, right? And if you just have that one buyer's agent who may be at the peak of their ability, it's too late now to say, hey, you know, agent, you gotta double down and, and sell more houses this year. You've gotta prepare them for that. And so before January 1st, if January 1st is the day that you're gonna ramp up everything, you gotta tell yourself, look, I've gotta start interviewing for this position so that when these transactions start coming in, we're ready to go, we're ready, to, we're able to handle this load. So start interviewing ahead of time. That's my point is be prepared, start interviewing before time, always be looking for talented individuals, right? So when you're in that interview process and you're looking at these talented individuals and you're saying, look, you know, we have a position on our team, you've gotta ask appropriate questions that are gonna help them show their abilities and their talents, right? Say, you know, in this situation, how would you handle it? Those kind of questions are great. You know, if you're working with a buyer and this part of the transaction happens, or this is the question that they have for you, how would you handle that situation? And if they're brand new, they're not gonna have a great answer for you. And that's why it's tough to hire brand new people. But if you've been through these type of situations, seeing how they handle those environments is good to know because you're gonna be back in those environments again, right? When somebody has their house on the market for two or three weeks and you come to them with a price change, you wanna lower the price, you know, 10 or 50 or whatever thousand dollars, and they're hesitant to that, how do you handle that? You know, that's a great question that I like to ask agents because they need to be prepared for that conversation. Not all houses sell within the first two weeks. Asking them how they handle difficult moments at work or how you handle stress or how you handle having to work on the weekends or, you know, what happens if your babysitter doesn't show up, right? How do you handle these type of things? So just ask questions that will evoke the answers that you're looking for. I think that's the most important part of it. I think that there's a go-to list of questions that you could probably have. And I think if I was better prepared for today's show, I probably would have given you this list. And now I think about it, I probably should have done that. But for interviews, I probably try to stick with about 10 go-to questions and then kind of let the conversation go from there. If I'm interviewing somebody for our team, right? I'd ask them again about their experiences. I'd ask them about how they got started in real estate, why they're passionate about real estate. You know, if someone's just in it for the money and they're there to make a couple bucks and they're there for a few years and they say, look, I'm just using real estate to kind of bridge my gap, which is actually a question that's coming up here between doing something else. You know, why are you in real estate today? What, what gets you excited about it? What caused you to get into real estate for the first time? Um, you know, was it a career path? Was it something that your dad or mom got you into? Was it, you know, one of your mentors loved real estate? Is it because, you know, you love the thrill, the chase? What, what is it about real estate that you're excited about? Get them opening up, see what their personality is like. Uh, the other thing that we do too, this is kind of more of like hiring and growing your team, but we do that a lot too, um, talking about that. But one of the things that I would consider is bringing somebody on for maybe a trial period, right? Maybe three, four months just to kind of see how it goes before you make it a 100% commitment. You know, have them get on the phones, have them follow up with leads, have them write some emails, see how their follow-up goes, see how they're committed to the job. I feel like when you're bringing somebody on to your team, it's really like you're inviting them into your family, right? You're opening up, you're sharing your secrets, you're teaching them the method of how you sell real estate. And not that you need to be super confidential in that, but you need to trust them and you need to know that they've got your best part of business in mind and that they're going to handle the leads that you give them, right? You've spent a lot of money for the leads that you're probably generating and you have this great business that you built. And to bring somebody new into that, you don't want them to wreck those relationships. So you got to know that you can trust them. I guess that's the point is ask them the questions that are going to help them open up and get to know who they are as a person and how they handle their business and what their follow-ups like. And, you know, really when it comes to a tough situation, how they're going to handle it. And then also bring them into the fold and just say, you know, this is how we do things around here. Let me see how you handle it and, and put them in some tight situations just to see what that process is like. And maybe quickly on, you know, within the first week or two or three weeks, you're going to realize they aren't the person for the job or you're going to realize, look, you just found the perfect candidate and, and this is the one to work. So anyway, I hope that helps. Kind of went 
different, couple different directions with asking interview questions, but that helps. Okay, question number two. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. This is the one I was talking about. I'm great at sales, but only want to use real estate as a stepping stone. Can that work? Okay, basically the question is, is I'm great at sales. I want to get into real estate because you're selling, but I ultimately want to do something else. I don't want to be in real estate full time for the rest of my life, it sounds like. I would say that that was kind of my situation. So I got into real estate, I guess this year or makes it 11 years ago, which is crazy. It was back in 2009. And really, I got into real estate like 2007, 2008. We were looking at uh, a couple of rehab properties in the Dublin, Pleasanton area of Northern California when I was working full time in the Bay Area. And we put in a couple offers. We got accepted on some stuff. We had to back out of houses back then because they were, uh, market was crashing like crazy. Just to give you a quick glimpse, we got a house under contract for $550,000 that we thought we were gonna sell for seven. And by the time we got approved from the bank to buy it, the house was worth about 300,000. So it was a rough uh, area. So I technically got into real estate, but we weren't doing it full time. It was just kind of like a, let's see if this is gonna work. And then we got into real estate full time in 2009. And so that was kind of the stepping point of like, what do I wanna do next, right? I'd come out of college probably five years before this. I had a construction background. It was something that I was interested in and going down that route of being a general contractor and having a remodeling business. I thought that, you know, real estate was interesting and exciting and the banks were giving houses away back then. Eventually I thought, you know, I wanna be a custom home builder or something like that. And I thought this would kind of be a quick, learn how to remodel the house and, and be quick and efficient and get to know my contractors really well. Um, and obviously acquire some rental properties and, and really get a good flavor for what real estate was like. Uh, and after doing it for a while, I realized that real estate wasn't my ultimate passion in life. And it's hard to say that in front of an audience of real estate agents, but I realized that the the thrill of, of buying and selling homes with homeowners wasn't something that I loved. I loved investing in real estate and I love running the numbers and I like the remodel side of it. Right now we're in the middle of remodeling our own house. Um, but I realized that, that things change, right? I came from a background where my dad was in the same career for 40 years. He just retired officially last year for being full-time and he had not the same job, but was the same company for 40 years. He had very similar responsibilities for 40 years. And I realized that my mind shifts a lot more than that. And my passions and desires and commitments in life change a lot more. And so I'm the one that needs kind of a change up and different things. And so while I'm still in the real estate world, I mean, I own my own home. We still have rental properties. Uh, I work with real estate agents. I sell a house, um, you know, here and there throughout the year. Um, it's, it's not something that's a full-time career for me. And I don't envision myself being 70 years old and selling real estate. You know, that's just how it is. And that's okay. I think that we live in a world now that I don't know if it invites the word I'm looking for, but is okay with, with career changes, right? You can, you can come into real estate later in life and you can sell homes for 10 years and then you can do something else. I know that, you know, there's a lot of different sales opportunities, whether you're selling cars, insurance, alarms, windows, houses, right? There's a lot of different things to sell in this world. And maybe you guys are more attracted to the sell side of things than you are the real estate side of things. I think it's so interesting when I meet a real estate agent who's been uh, an agent for 10 years and who's helped so many people buy and sell homes and investment properties and all that. And they don't either own their own home or they don't even own uh, an investment property. It's so interesting to me that you guys can sell these products to other people, but you don't own your own product. So if you are going to be in real estate, definitely figure out how to acquire a duplex or a fourplex or a condo even somewhere or an Airbnb rental, right? Something that's going to generate some type of income for you and allow for a retirement someday. Uh, and I don't obviously know the intent of where uh, this individual is going with this question of, you know, it's a stepping stone to what though? What can you become after this? Really, you can become anything. You know, you can sell real estate for a few years and then quit and go start a business making furniture. Like really, real estate can just be a stepping stone to making money. When when I was owning rental properties and uh, 
flipping houses, you know, it was it was quick sums of cash. And, and that's the cool thing about it. You got to pay a lot of taxes, unfortunately. Um, and it is a quick money in, money out business. Um, and it takes a lot of capital being there. But then if you go invest that money into something else, you kind of got to think about it differently or have different financial partners in that situation. But I think that there's a lot of skills that can be built in real estate. You've got to be great with people, which is important. You've got to understand your numbers. Um, you got to understand where you are in the market, right? Is the market going down? Is the market going up? Are interest rates going down or up? You know, what are days on market like? If you're trying to be in this business for quick amounts of time to gather quick amounts of money to do something else, you just got to time it right. When I got into real estate full-time in 09, there's a lot of people getting out because the market was going down still and I was just getting in. And so we would buy a house anticipating that it was going to be worth less than I anticipated in the future. So we had to sell it quickly, right? Like, let's just say we were planning on selling it at 200,000 now. I might have to assume that I could only sell it for 175. So I had to adjust my numbers properly. If I was in the upward market and prices were increasing, I could hold on to it longer and make more money, but I also had to pay more money to hold it. So just a lot of different things to consider. Um, I think that the skills though that you can obtain through selling real estate full-time can help you anywhere, right? Again, you gotta get great with working with people. You have to be able to listen and ask appropriate questions. So if you're working with a whole bunch of different people with different personalities and you're asking them questions like we talked about in the first question, you're gonna get answers and you get responses that are different from every person that you ask. And being able to listen to their needs and understand what they're looking for. That's probably the most important thing that I learned in real estate in sales is asking questions and listening to the answers. So many of us in sales get into it and just assume, you know what, this is exactly what this person wants and, and this is what they need and I'm gonna sell it to them when we didn't listen to their responses. You know, they may say, I want a four bedroom, two bath house. And you're like, oh, I got this perfect house in mind. It just came to the market, this is gonna be great. When you're envisioning something completely different than what they're thinking about, right? Maybe they wanna be on the water and you're trying to sell them something inland. Or maybe they're thinking two story and you're thinking single story, right? You've gotta ask more questions. Somebody once told me is if you ask 500 questions for looking at houses, you're only gonna to have to show them about five houses till you find exactly what they're looking for. But if you ask them five questions, you're gonna end up showing them 500 houses until you find what they're looking for. So ask better questions, listen to the responses. You're gonna get better at interpreting the dialogue that they get back to you. Again, if you start selling anything else besides real estate, you're gonna get great at it. And I think that's why I've become so great at sales. I can, I can get on the phone and within a 30 minute conversation with somebody, ask them the ideal questions that I need to figure out exactly what product makes most sense for them. So for us, we sell a lot of products around here, right? We have a lot of courses, we have a lot of books, eBooks, platforms that way that we can sell you guys to help you get better at your marketing business. We have different classes that we do live. If I get on the phone with you and understand exactly what you're trying to do in your business, within a few minutes of looking at your business and understand where you are and how you operate and how you consume content, I know exactly uh, what to pitch you, right? And so if you do talk to me, I'm gonna try to sell you something because it's it's easy for me to help you. Uh, and that's what I want. I want you to progress to the level that you're looking for. I don't want you to sell five homes this year and five homes next year and five homes a year after that. I want you to go from five to 20 to 50. I want you to progress and get more. And so again, trying to get back to the question here, real estate can be a massive stepping stone for people to get into almost any other business out there because it's gonna help you get great with people. It's gonna help you with sales. It's gonna help you learn how to understand people and give them exactly what they're looking for. So whatever your name is, I'm sorry I didn't write it down. Yeah, I would say get into real estate for two, three, four years, get great at what you do, and then figure out how you're gonna use that to pivot into something else. Whether you wanna own a rental portfolio or a dealership selling cars, or you wanna own a construction company someday, I'm just like spitting things out that I'm interested in. Um, I mean, unless you're trying to like get to the moon and work for Elon or Mars and uh, work for Elon Musk and build spaceships, I'm not quite sure how real estate will help you with that unless you're trying to design the next house for Mars. Um, but real estate could probably help you get into almost any other 
industry and, and have some amazing skills that you'll that you will never probably learn anywhere else. Okay, question number three. These are interesting topics. We're already here on time. Okay, we're doing all right. Question number three, how important are sales skills as a real estate agent and how can I improve them? I think this goes back to question number three a lot. So if you're watching this independently of this whole video, because we break these questions out, maybe go back and watch question number two about using real estate as a stepping stone. But the question again is how important are sales skills as a real estate agent? Super, super important. Guys, as a real estate agent, yes, it's important to understand real estate and the market and houses and everything that has to do with the structure of a home, right? Like you're dealing with home inspectors, you're dealing with plumbers and roofers and everything in, inside that house, termites included. Uh, but when it comes down to it, sales is it, right? Again, we asked that question or talked about that in the last question. If you don't understand what your client is looking for, there's no way that you can sell them anything. If you met your next client, they're like, I'm looking for a house and my budget's $500,000. You'd be all excited and you'd show them all these houses and they're like, none of these work. Like you don't understand what we're looking for. You didn't ask about it, right? If somebody says, I want a two-story house, why do you want a two-story house? What about a two-story house are you looking for? You know, do you want a deck on the second story? Do you want all your bedrooms up there? Do you want the view? Do you want, you know, something unique about the two-story house? What is it about a two-story house that you're looking for? Don't just ask one follow-up question to, did you want it in gray or tan, right? <laughs> ask better follow-up questions. Sales are amazing. The better you are at sales, the better you can sell. And, and as plain as that is, it's true. So I would say in your studies, there's so many different things that you need to study as a real estate agent. Understanding the market and where we are and what's going on in your specific zip codes, right? The ones that you sell uh, houses in. What's going on in the market? What's going on with inventory? You know, what's coming into the market? All that great stuff. Understand your market super well so you can anticipate what's going to happen, right? Are we on a downward market? Are we in an upward market? What's going on in interest rates? All that kind of stuff. You need to know that inside and out. On top of that, you need to know when somebody's um, walking through a house and they're like, I love this house, but the kitchen drives me crazy. I don't like what they do to those cabinets. I don't like the appliances. This could be my dream house, but I can't deal with this kitchen. And all I have to do is tell them, you know, look, you can have a kitchen guy come in here and we can tear out all these cabinets and we can give you new appliances and it's going to be your dream house now because you can do this for this magic number. And if you understand those numbers, you can sell them on this house, right? If you got them to that point and that was the hang up factor, the kitchen, and maybe for another 10 or 20 or 50 or however much kitchens cost in your area, $1,000, um, they could have that house, right? And you can help them remodel that kitchen and give them their dream home. But if you didn't understand the remodel process, you're like, yeah, 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 that kitchen's terrible. Let's go find something else. Chances of finding another house exactly like that with their dream kitchen is going to be super hard. So help them understand the benefits of what a remodel can do and how much things in, in the construction process costs, right? Get to know those contractors in the area that you work. Talk to the remodel people, talk to the drywall guys, the, the cabinet guys, the appliance guys, the electricians, the plumbers, all those people so that you can really understand what things cost. And if you don't know, just talk about hypothetical situations. You know, when you have a buyer who wants a new kitchen, go find a team that's going to help them remodel that kitchen and get an idea. And the more you do that, the more comfortable you're going to be talking uh, to your clients about numbers. This is all part of the sales process. So understanding the house, again, understanding the sales process, I would go study and spend probably 20 to 50% of my time studying sales tactics, right? So go from back to the greats. Zig Ziglar was amazing at sales. He had this fat book and I can't remember what it's called, but it's red. It's all packed up right now because my bookshelf's all packed, but big, huge fat book with a red, uh, blue arrow on the front. And it was written by Zig Ziglar. Just Google him. You can't miss it. That's probably one of the best sales books I read growing up in college about sales when I was trying to figure out how to sell things to people. Tom Hopkins is probably one of the other great salespeople that I loved. He taught me so much about questions to ask and about the word is pre-framing their mind. So it's anticipating the sale and understanding what they're going to look like in that product and asking them questions to help them envision themselves in that product so that you can sell them on it, right? Because the uneducated mind says, no, if I don't understand what I'm buying and what it looks like, 
looks like and how it's gonna make me feel, I'm gonna say no. But if, let's just say I'm selling you this amazing car, right? And I say, okay, you know, picture, picture yourself in the driver's seat and, and what road are you driving down right now? And, and where are you going? What turns are you making? And how does it feel to have the top down and your hair blowing in the wind and the radio tuned up? And like, when you picture yourself, you own it, right? And you buy mentally. And if you can help people do that in that process, they're gonna win or you're gonna win and they're gonna buy. So find guys like Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar and, and all these amazing great salespeople and study them. I remember going to thrift shops back in the day when it was like a dollar to buy a CD set and putting them in my car and just listening to them over and over and over and just engraving this dialogue in my mind about the questions to ask and, and the, the responses that you need to give to people when they're asking you questions, okay? So study sales. Guys, you need to understand sales. You need to, have to know how to sell on the phone. You need to know how to sell in person. You need to understand how to sell when you're knocking doors, when you're meeting people at a networking event. Everything we do in this life is sales. And I know so many of you struggle with sales and you have a hard time understanding people's needs. There's so many great things that you can study. If you don't want to go buy a book or a tape, oh my gosh, like YouTube University, right? Just go YouTube something, sales, look up Tom Hopkins, look up um, Zig Ziglar, look up all these great salespeople. Like guys back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, like they knew how to sell like nobody's business. And I know that some of the tactics are different in today's world, but the concept applies. Um, and so go study those things. Again, just get some earbuds, put them in your ear, mentally prepare for these things. It's going to change your life. The better you get at sales, the better your career will be, the more opportunities you have. That's all I can say. It's just a huge domino effect. It means you have to buy less leads. It means you have to do less marketing. It means that you only have to be in front of certain people. It means you have to go on less listing appointments. It, it just all works out for the better. So get better at sales. Okay. So how important are sales? Super, super important. Okay. Uh, last question. Question number four. How do you react to rapid changes happening in the real estate industry? Hi, how do you stay relevant? Okay. Again, if you guys haven't heard of this amazing tool called YouTube, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> go YouTube. How do I stay relevant in real estate? Go real, go YouTube, go, go Google or YouTube. It's the same thing. Go YouTube, you know, real estate market and market conditions. Go see what other people are talking about the real estate. Go listen to the great people who are talking about the real estate market right now. You want to know where it's going again. Is it going up? Is it going down? How fast are sales going on? Get specific in your neighborhood. You got to understand the things that are important to people nowadays, right? One of the things that I used to do and what I loved so much and how I stayed relevant for my clients and the homes that we were building. Okay, so back in Utah when we were flipping houses, the thing that sold our houses was kitchens and master suites, okay? So the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the closets, uh, the kitchen, those are the big things, right? Once I got them in the house, like that's what sold them. Usually the price is a big part too. So you gotta know how to price your houses, which is the market, so understanding that. And then the second side of that is knowing what sells a house. So for me, when we were trying to flip houses and sell these houses quickly, like, when we were done, like we needed an offer within 24 to 48 hours because I needed to get rid of that thing because it was super expensive to hold. We had hard money at 18%. If you can imagine 18% loans on a yearly amortized loan, it was insane how much we had to pay. Um, so we were trying to get rid of it quickly, right? And so what we would do is we would go around and tour all the new built homes. We'd go see what builders were doing because a builder, if it was a big builder like Ivory Homes or Pulte or I can't think of any other big home builders right now, they usually knew their market. They knew what to sell. They knew what people were looking for in a kitchen 
in, they knew what people wanted in, you know, amazing amenities. So we would go tour all the new home builders and look at all the model homes. And we'd take pictures of the kitchen and we'd go find that tile and we'd go find the cabinets. And we'd use those same appliances and we'd use the same flooring. We'd basically be building model homes out of 50, 60, 70 year old homes. So when people would go into our house and they would expect, you know, a 30 or 40 year old remodel, they'd come in and be like, oh my gosh, like this house is amazing. It's brand new. It looks just like the model. It has the backyard done and fences put up and landscape and all that stuff done for the same price. And I can just move in, right? And I can live in this amazing neighborhood and these great schools and I don't have to worry about all the road construction and all the people moving in and out. I just get this great home. So we would give them exactly what they're looking for. The other thing that we would do is every summer and actually in the winter too, they would do a home show. So they usually put like 15 to 20 of the most amazing homes that were built that year on display for everybody to see. And we'd have to go buy a $50 ticket, but I would go through and I'd video all the home and I'd get all these great ideas from all these builders who were building these in, in, a, in a neighborhood that was usually selling two to $300,000 homes. These homes were like a million to $2 million. So they were just amazing. I mean, the kitchens were usually bigger than the houses that I was selling, but these houses were amazing and I'd go take their ideas and I would go implement that into the houses that we were selling. So how do you do this in your business? You've got clients you're selling homes for who's probably hasn't remodeled that home in 30 years, maybe longer, right? They've got homes from the 80s, maybe the 70s. They've got old, old stuff put into them. I know because I see these houses all the time around here, at least where I live. Like so many homes built in the 80s have not been touched at all. Maybe they've been painted and maybe the appliances have been changed, but for the most part, they're old. So how do you help your clients sell their home for more money and earn you more commission? You go see what other people are selling today, right? You go to the model homes, you go to these new builders and say, look, what are you putting in your kitchens? I want to see the counters, uh, you know, the amazing fixtures that you have, if there's cool faucets or, you know, in-home stereo systems or whatever people are doing nowadays to make these homes great. Try to put those home, uh, things in the homes of your clients. So go to your client and say, look, you know, you have this old data kitchen for just $10,000 or $7,000 or whatever you're going to spend on this kitchen. We can look just like the model homes down the street and we can sell your house for more money, right? Don't leave thousands of dollars of your clients money on the table. When you have the opportunity to just spend a couple bucks to fix up that kitchen or that bathroom or paint the whole house or recarpet it for just a couple bucks. And now they can sell the house quicker and for a lot more money. Okay. That's how you stay relevant. You know, what's going on in the market. You Google these things, you YouTube them, you find out what's going on in the market. That's how you sell houses faster. Okay. When it comes to marketing, keep coming back here. We guys try to keep you up to date on everything that's going on in the market. Uh, as far as, you know, using Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and everything else that's relevant in today's world. We try to help you guys anyway, <laughs> try to help you guys create content. That's going to help you guys convert your clients. Keep creating video. That's all I've got to say. 2020, if you haven't gotten into it yet, is the year of video. Get comfortable with video, get a phone that can record yourself in HD, hold that thing up, record as often as possible, go live as often as possible. I know it's super intimidating for some of you guys. Get comfortable with creating content, get comfortable speaking to your audience, look them in the eye in that camera and show them that you know what you're talking about, that you're the expert in your field, that you can help them sell their house for more money, that you're going to stand out and do different things. Teach your audience, your social audience, your local demographic, teach them how to sell their house for more money. And they're going to trust you and they're going to keep coming back, right? That's how I win, right? That's how we get clients. We show you guys that we can help your business. We show you really for free. If you keep coming back and watching Facebook Friday and the Ask Eric Cameron show, we show you guys how to do marketing and how to sell homes for more money. And 
and how to increase your likelihood of getting found online and getting someone to say, hey, I want you to come sell my house. We teach you how to do this so that you can come to us and say, hey, I see that you know what you're talking about. I want to hire you, right? This is how we get our coaching students and this is how you guys can get your clients as well. Show them that you know what you're talking about, how you're the number one real estate agent in that area and that you can help your clients sell their house for more money. Yep. So guys, again, it's 2020, it's January. <sighs> put down the Netflix, get back to work. It's time to hustle. I appreciate you guys showing up every single week, getting your questions answered. Again, if you haven't done so already, submit a question to the show. We'd love to answer your question this year as we get into some awesome content this year. Look forward to that. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe, share it with somebody who needs it. Appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll call it a wrap. So anyway, see you guys next week. Make it a great one. Bye guys. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on today's show. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to get these podcasts delivered to you every week as we we share strategies on how to grow your business with social media. I'm Eric Hammond of the Orange Stack. We'll see you next time.